before I start this episode, I wanted to quickly mention that I was on the New Game Plus podcast. Go check them out, ngppodcast.com. I recorded an episode with the host about Final Fantasy IV. It is well worth it. I've heard it. I think everybody's heard it because it already came out. Go check it out, but otherwise, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to YAF Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast. Today we are doing Season 4, Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, Episode 7 out of uh, roughly 15. So we're just about halfway through the entire game and things are getting really exciting. So like a quick recap, in the last episode we went to Troya. And then we went to the Lodestone Cave, or the Gravity Cave, I think it's called, in the original game. And in that cave, we had to fight the Dark Elf, who was holding on to the Earth Crystal, which uh, it had stolen from Troya. So you defe- we defeated the Dark Elf, we got the Crystal, uh, the Epopts of Troya let us use it, or let, let us borrow the Crystal, and we used the Crystal to, well, we wanted to trade our crystal for Rosa. Uh, what happens is that as soon as we exit the, the castle of Troya and get into our ship, we will lift up and we keep lifting up until we meet Cain. Uh, Cain tells us, you know, what's up and takes us to the Tower of Zot, which is, I guess, a huge, sp- I don't want to say spaceship, but like a huge tower in the sky. Like, I'm not entirely sure. This is where things get a little bit confusing for me, for sure. When we get to Tower of Zod, we essentially find out that uh, you can still exit, which is cool, and I use that a lot, but you have to go all the way up the entire tower in order to meet Golbez and, uh, I guess, trade in your Earth Crystal for Rosa, which is really weird, and it's kind of dumb, and I guess it kind of made sense that Golbez wouldn't just uh, trade the Crystal for Rosa and everything would be fine, right? Like... Golbaz takes the crystal, Rosa isn't there, and, you know, uh, you gotta, well, not Rosa isn't, yeah, you have, you have, Golbaz wants to take the crystal, you have to go all the way up to meet him. So, uh, it's time to go through the entire tower. The tower is full of pretty strong monsters, so what I ended up actually doing is I did a little bit of grinding, yeah. Uh, I don't think I needed much of it. I spent maybe 20 minutes doing some grinding, 15 minutes. Like, it really doesn't take that long. Uh, I grabbed a black chocobo and I flew over to Mithril to buy, to find and buy all the weapons that I missed out on before. And I believe it was at this point. No, it wasn't yet. So I, I traveled around a little bit and obviously got, um, I got much stronger. So then when I ended up going into the Tower of Zot, it wasn't as terrible as the first time I went in there. So the first time I went in there, I got killed very quickly. And I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for this. So I ended up just like grinding a bit. And what's kind of interesting in this game is that it really does feel like grinding gives you exponential strength because you spent a little bit of time grinding and then all the fights are fairly easy when you get to the Tower of Zot, right? Like the first... By fairly easy, I mean, like, you can survive two, three fights without healing, which I think is a is a good measure. And if you survive two, three fights without healing, that means, like, you're ready to... You're, you're in a good place to go through the entire dungeon. And what's great about that is that you survive those two, three fights, but as you're going through the dungeon, you get more and more experience, and you get way stronger, and then you can survive five fights, and then seven, and then, then basically the monsters are really uh, easy 
to to defeat and you don't even have to really think about it so that's kind of what happened right like i was grinding for just a little bit and then the first level was difficult the second level got easier and then like by level i don't know i think there are like four levels in this uh or three levels in this game so by level three you know you're in a really good shape against anything that that's been thrown at you uh there is something to say about the design of the tower of zot so i've mentioned this before a few times and it is very visible in this uh in this specific part of the game in the 3d version everything is kind of gold and yellow and everything kind of looks like it's maybe wood or some kind of copper metal maybe i mean it looked kind of like wood and there are some gears there that's how the entire tower looks but in the gba version and the psb version and as far as i can i can tell in the snes version this was all like blue metal metallic futuristic spaceship looking thing right like with wires and cables and lights and all these different elements and in the 3d version it looks so different and it looks very plain. It looks like a wooden building. It looks like wood to me. Like that that's what the color looks like to me. It was a it was a little bit of a downer uh, going through there and then seeing I mean I know I see it say it every single episode but like it's the other versions look different and I don't know why they ma made this decision here. There is one part of the level or there's one level where you have four different exits or like four different staircases to go up. And this is one of my favorite tropes in Final Fantasy that did not hold true here, and I was really upset about this, is that it's always the, the third door from the left that gets you to where you want to go. In every single Final Fantasy game leading, leading up to this, whenever you were presented with four options or three options, it was always the third one. In this game, the third one was a, a chest. That was it. Um... Yeah, so and the game did reward like going around and exploring the levels, and I, I think I've said it before, but the 3D version has this nice little thing where if you explore 100% of the map, you get some items. So it really encourages you to go everywhere, and I think, I think that map thing is more encouraging. But you get the real results from finding all these different, or the like, the real rewards from finding all these different like weapons and things that you can equip on your on your characters that weren't available before. Uh, eventually, we f meet our first boss fight or like small boss fight of the cave, and it's against the Magus sisters or Magus sisters. Uh, really, always funny that Magus. You know, I'm, I think about Chrono Trigger when I hear that name. But uh, yeah, so these three sisters uh, attack you, and you can pretty much dis dispatch them very easily. And after that, it's time to go meet Golbaz. So Golbaz takes the crystal, and Rosa isn't there. She is not there. He kind of like laughs, and then Tella's like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna exact my revenge on you." And Tella starts fighting Golbaz. Now. He I didn't realize this until now, and maybe it was a problem of the previous animations, but Golbez is huge. He is super, super tall and super big, and it lo he looks really powerful and just just incredibly non-human as well, because, you know, you wouldn't have a human that's as tall as Golbez. So who is in that armor? You don't see beyond the armor. 
it's kind of an interesting storytelling device, actually. We know nothing about Gomez. He has, an, I want to say, kind of an interesting name for the world, right? Like, there's nobody else who has a similar name in all of the villages that you go to. Gomez is always in his armor, and he never takes off his armor. We know that he has access to these monsters, and, like, it's just, it's an interesting character. Um, but, so... Tella starts a fight with uh, Golbez and they get it going to, uh, you know, a back and forth. Well, not a back and forth, but Tella trying to throw some spells at uh, Golbez and missing or, you know, doing this thing or, or, or not really inflicting any damage. And Golbez just laughing like, hey, you're not doing anything to me. And then Tella decides to cast Meteor. Tella casts Meteor and it's super OP and it kills him. Uh, and Golbez actually freaks out because he's like, oh my god, like, you were able to wound me. You were able to hurt me. How did you know Meteor? So yeah, Tella dies, you know, in this one heroic act. And we just add to the casualties of this war, right? Like, oh, and just in our party alone, actually. And yeah, so Tella dies. And then Golbez... Um, basically tries to leave at that point cecil tries to stop him you know tell us dead so Golbez is like oh i'm gonna go cecil tries to stop him but Golbez hits him and then as Golbez comes closer to possibly kill cecil he says you know hey you remind me of somebody and i'm wondering where this is headed and because of that meteor Golbez also loses control of kane so and Golbez, you know knocks back cecil obviously and and leaves like, before killing him, he's like, you're, it can't be, like, you know, you remind me of somebody or whatever. Um, I don't remember the exact words, but that's kind of the, the idea. Um, so, Golbez leaves, disappears, because everybody's knocked back, Tella's dead. Uh, Kane is back on your side. Kane has been, you know, now Kane is fine, and they go to save Rosa. So, Rosa is actually, like, just one level up. So Golbaz's whole like, oh, Rosa isn't here. Whatever. She's like right there. That's a I thought that he may have kept her somewhere completely different, making this entire quest futile. But no, he actually left Rosa there. Uh so we go up there, uh Rosa and Kane officially join uh join the party, and we now have a five-member party again, this time without Tella, unfortunately. Uh Kane also shows like a some weird jealousy toward uh Cecil and Rosa, and he actually did mention several times, like, even though he was being controlled, that, like, not all of it was Golbez or something. That makes me think to an illusion that maybe Golbez, you know, latches onto somebody's feeling and makes it overwhelming, and that's how they he controls them. So perhaps, like, he made Kane overwhelmingly jealous of Cecil. I mean, they were rivals in the military technically uh it sounds like kane is interested in rosa as well just all these different things i don't know the story is uh getting a little bit more complicated but before we can leave we fight barbaricia barbaricia i'm not sure but uh, she's the next elemental archfiend and it's um it's it's a pretty easy fight like i don't i don't think it, this took me any time whatsoever um to defeat her there's not really much of anything interesting oh i guess the only interesting part is that uh she turns to wind and then you can use kane's um jump to hit uh hit uh barbaricia 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 i don't know they should have really had a cutscene um with her with you know, like an actual talking cutscene, so I wouldn't know how to say her name. But yeah, you can jump, you can attack her with jump, but some of the other attacks don't work, which is kind of interesting and fun. Uh, yeah, 
And after I defeated her, um, I had Rosa teleport us out. And that's when we kind of find out about dark crystals. So we find out about the the dark crystals, which are the mirror of the light crystals. And I believe this was... Who was it? I think it was Kane telling us all this information. I believe that's who it was. And so, yeah, so the dark crystals mirror the light crystals. Uh, technically, Golbez only has half the crystals that he needs, which is really good news. And it turns out Kane has on him uh, what's called the Magma Stone. And the Magma Stone uh, is something that helps open the... Uh, I believe it's called... It's used to open the underground, so you can go to the underground where the dark crystals are. And so the entire point of the crystals is that once you gather them together, uh, it opens the way to the moon. And then, then, you know, it's time to go do the next part of the quest. Uh, Sid does tell us that he used the Enterprise's remote control, which is neat, really neat, to bring it all the way out to where they teleported. So Rosa teleported everybody to uh, Cecil's room in Baron, in the Kingdom of Baron, which is an interesting choice, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, so then it was time to advance the story. I went to the Elben Castle instead. Elben Castle is a castle you can access with your ship and fly out there. And it's deserted. There's nothing there except for a bunch of treasure and monsters. So it's kind of fun. You get to go through the Elben Castle, uh, you know, destroy whatever. Not destroy, but like, you know, defeat the monsters, grind a little bit, but also retrieve all these cool items that are present there. Uh, then I also went through Mithril again, and this time I realized that my weapons that I had from the Tower of Zot were actually more powerful than the Mithril weapons, which was fun. And then I headed over to Agard, which kind of makes sense, and it was kind of funny that this is one of one part of the story where things really make sense. They talked about a deep... there's a deep well there that seems to have no end. They talk a little bit about darkness and about, um, you know where they came from originally or something. I don't remember exactly, but like it was very clear that we were supposed to go to that well and use that key against on that well. So uh, I went went in there and you can pick a st the stone and I think you throw it out, but then I saw it in the cutscene again, so it's not entirely clear what happens. But this, when you once you throw the stone into the well, the stone heats up and a hole opens in the mountains. So there are mountains right behind Agard and there's a huge gaping black hole. Um, and it's time to go in there. So you climb into Enterprise, fly up there and descend in underground. And this is when the second part of this arc is essentially taking place. So just to kind of like recap the story so far, not to go into too much detail here, but all the way at the beginning, we were part of the Red Wings, right? The Red Wings were part of the military for Baron, the Kingdom of Baron. The King of Baron has not been acting the right way. And when Cecil questioned it, the King of Baron's like, hey, you know what? Go deliver stuff into the Mist Village, this this gift or something like that. You go, you go in there, the item that you were supposed to deliver blows everybody up, essentially, kills everybody. Then you grab Rydia with you. And from that point on, your story is essentially like gathering these people and mostly like trying to stop Golbez from getting all the crystals. Well, he gets all the crystals, and this is the second part of the arc, and this is about fighting against um, him having, I guess, the last crystal, uh, the last crystals, which are the dark crystals. So this, it feels like it's a completely separate arc. You get a brand new world map as well. So that's like something to consider. Uh, this is an idea that they already had in 
the third game where you had like an an island that was a continent of its own so you had one world map on that continent and one world map off that continent so that's kind of an interesting and nice feature that they brought back so as soon as you're underground you see that there's it's it's basically like a huge cave with a ton of lava everywhere or magma or whatever they call it whatever it's called flowing everywhere in these rivers and oceans and you have these big patches of land as well and so it's basically like lava is the ocean and you know the non-lava land is like the dry land on the on the top right like on the above ground so we see red wings are attacking uh tanks on the ground and yeah tanks so they brought tanks into this game uh, the enterprise rushing is over there between the two opposing forces and gets hit and taken down and i believe it is the tank forces that took us down the ship crashes and we're back to walking uh i didn't want to explore the entire world i wanted to really like get further in the story so i could record this podcast so i went to to the southwest into the dwarven castle so the dwarven castle is like right there you see you when you go up the stairs you you talk to king king giot giot i don't know again it would be great if they had cutscenes that would tell you how to pronounce these things and you find out that two of the four crystals of the dark crystals have already been taken two out of four we're already behind on this game this is yeah this is not gonna work uh, the tanks repelled the Red Wings, which is great, but they also struggled. So the tanks were known as like the ultimate force of underground, but I guess nobody underground had the idea to have airships. And I guess that kind of makes sense, but maybe they also didn't have the materials to create one. So, you know, the king already knows that they might not be able to ta- take, you know, several more attacks. Uh, Sid leaves the party. He goes to uh, fix the the damaged airship, take its surface, repair it. I think add mithril plating so it doesn't have to deal with the heat, so it can deal with the heat a lot better than it was. And uh, yeah, and so the dwarf castle crystals are supposed to be secure. They have both of them. Um, One of them is right behind the king. And that's when Yang realizes that somebody has been listening to them. Ooh, creepy. Um, by the way, the, just before I get to the next part of the story, the castle looks just like any other castle. Now, I'm kind of realizing that they kind of have a standard design of the outside and the inside, where you have a long walkway to the main castle, and then two levels up, you have the throne room, and then you have, like, underground base, uh, underground rooms and l- wings on the left and right. And if you explore all of that, you'll find all kinds of stashed and hidden items if i can if i remember correctly well they'll actually come later but you can buy new weapons you can go to the inn stuff like that and everybody's a dwarf so yang finds out that somebody's listening to them and they realize that it's coming from behind the king in the crystal chamber so they go to the crystal chamber and the door locks behind them behind the party and we have to fight dolls so we're fighting the next boss cal cabrina cal cabrina is a collection of six dolls that fight you and three of those dolls when you attack them they counterattack immediately and uh, after some time the dolls will come together to create like this one big mega doll essentially and that this is this is your next boss and it is a difficult boss actually but i managed uh, one new thing that i started doing in this turn was that uh, when attacking that big the big doll i would often 
uh, save Yang's, like, use focus on Yang, which meant that Yang would basically multiply his attack every turn that you skip, you multi like you make your st attack stronger. And because of the powerful counter attack by the doll, it made more sense to store up your attack and then attack. It also made sense to use Cecil as a healer because Cecil's sword was not making, uh, was not doing a lot of damage on, well, it was doing fine damage or whatever, but it wasn't as big as Yang's and I needed as much healing as possible. Yeah, so Sid also upgraded his weapons, and between all of them and, and Kane as well, we were able to defeat Calcabrina um, pretty easily. It just, the, the counterattack was, was the frustrating part. I really didn't like that. Um, so, yeah, and that's when we meet Golbez again. Uh, Golbez tells us why he's gathering the crystals. He's like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and, like, kill you, so uh, let me just go ahead and tell you what I'm gonna do. They want, he wants to, uh, he, he's, he tells us that he wants to reactivate the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is like a gate, has a gateway to the moon. So he wants to go to the moon for some reason, because I guess it, it, it said that it like had untold energy and whatever. And that's when you start fighting Golbez and you get into a real battle with Golbez. Yeah, right after uh, one really annoying fight, you get into a fight with Golbez. Uh, so... First of all, implications, he's trying to get to the moon. That's kind of weird. I wonder where that's leading. I wonder what's going on on the moon. Tower of Babel, that's kind of funny. It's a you know fun reference. And yeah, so then you fight Golbez, and Golbez ultimately summons uh, a shadow dragon. And the shadow dragon uses a black the black fang, which kills the entire party one by one. Except for Cecil, I think. As soon as the dragon is attacking Cecil, somebody summons the mist dragon that flies down and casts its you know mist attack whatever it is and destroys the shadow dragon in one attack uh Gobez is like oh my god what's going on and ridia makes her appearance oh you know what i want to rewrite the history a little bit by this point we didn't have sid so sid wasn't doing any upgrades against calcabrina i was wrong about that I was remembering a different boss uh, but yeah, so we have Rydia back, but Rydia looks way older. She looks different. She looks more mature. And um, yeah, and she comes to help. So it's Cecil and Rydia and rest of the party is dead. Uh, I had a really hard time in this battle, harder than what the wiki and everything says it should be. One of the reasons is that Golbez was using a spell called Phase Shift. And I believe that's a spell that changes like your... Uh, what you're weak to or what you're strong to. I can't remember exactly. And uh, so any of Rydia's summons that she would do, like all of them, would turn into health for him. So the first time I did Miss Dragon Attack, it did like 3,000 damage. Fantastic. The second time, it did like 2,000 damage, whatever. And then he did the face shift, and then it gave him 2,200 HP. Not even kidding. So I ended up basically one by one and turn by turn um, resurrecting my entire party so they could attack and Rydia didn't do really much because she couldn't she could do a chocobo attack that didn't give uh, Golbez any health but anything that like break wouldn't do any damage it would give him health Miss Dragon would give health like none of these summons worked and it was really frustrating because the wiki says oh yeah if you use the Miss Dragon a couple times you'll be done and instead it turned into this really long battle and really frustrating battle. I don't understand how 
how that worked and why that happened. Cecil was a huge like healing force. Con he was constantly healing until Rosa could take over for healing. I was casting Protect and Shell and I was just def grinding down Golbez's health until I defeated him fully. Yeah, I defeated Golbez. Um, and so as he's lying there dead, we're, I'm celebrating, and I know that's not the end of the story, so I'm wondering what's coming next. And Rydia tells us what happened to her. Uh, the Leviathan apparently uh, carried Rydia to the land of Eidolons, which were the people that summon the summoners, and it's called the Fae March. In Fae March, uh, time goes by very differently, so she's much, much older. She learned a lot of black magic, she became a high-level summoner, but she can't use any white magic anymore. So Rydia essentially upgraded into the next level class. And it's really interesting that these characters essentially follow the classes from Final Fantasy III, but you naturally upgrade into them rather... Or, or you meet characters that are naturally upgraded into them rather than handling that yourself, right? Like Tella was a sage, which was like the ultimate white mage in Final Fantasy III, uh, but then you had, what do you call it, the, the twins, and the twins were regular mages, they were white and black mage, and now you have Rydia who was like a summoner, and I guess right now he's a, she's an Eidolon, I'm not entirely sure, but she's like the next level up, I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, I think the first one was, what was it? I don't remember. I don't remember at all. So the party is g getting ready to leave. They start walking off. The crystal's there. Golbez's dead body is under the crystal. And Golbez is like, hey, I'm not going to let death stop me. I'm going to go ahead and get up. He gets up, grabs the crystal, and teleports away. Yeah. They couldn't even properly kill Golbez. Can you believe that? It's really frustrating. So we're just like panicking. We went out talk to the king king is freaking out but the king is saying you know what as long as Golbez doesn't have all eight crystals we're fine and he says that the final crystal is in the sealed cave the sealed cave is like a cave nearby and it has so much like enchantment on it so that nobody could get into it not even Golbez and so they uh, the king has this idea that while Golbez is probably running over to the sealed cave and trying to find it, and it's kind of funny because now you think of him more as an equal, right? He held this power over us. He had this, you know, energy. He had this, yeah, he had this power over us and over everything, over the world and this enormous army and military that could conquer, conquer the entire world. It's just amazing. And now he's more like an equal. He's running away from us. He is hurrying to the sealed cave so he can finish his project. So he's no longer this all-powerful being. He is has been reduced to being more of like an equal to the party. Obviously stronger than any of the party members in a difficult fight. But, you know, five of those people were able to match him. And uh, that's kind of it for the story. At this point, you can go explore the castle. As I was saying, that you can go... Mm, anywhere in the castle if I can remember and including well you're supposed to so the idea is that um, the Golbaz is running away and while he's doing that we're gonna go to the Tower of Babel and we're gonna go ahead and steal the original seven crystals while Golbaz searches so we're gonna go ahead and like do this 
we're gonna hit him while he's at his weakest because he's not there anymore and we can get to the tower of babel through the underground of the dwarven castle so as you start going down you can pick up a bunch of treasures that are now available to you you go se down several levels until you hit like a jar or whatever that restores your uh hp and mp and then you're ready to enter the the actual tunnels so you go through this like long basement and that's it for the story today it was just a lot of plot, uh, twists and turns the story is really there now where we're i'm wondering why what what exactly is goldbass trying to achieve by going to the moon i get it that that it has like untold powers but i guess i'm wondering what those powers are i'm wondering about cecil's background we're losing people one by one. Just wondering where that's going to lead. Are we going to explore Rydia's past in the, at the Fey March? Are we going to visit it? That'd be kind of cool. And where is the land of Eidolons? Because I went like everywhere in the entire world map. So I'm wondering where, where, she, where she went. Um, another interesting thing to just like mention real quick is that the, I think I mentioned it earlier that the Dark Crystals were already a Final Fantasy 3 thing, and it's kind of, I, I'm really enjoying the, the idea, the fact that, you know, um, they're reusing so many parts of the previous games, so many good parts of the previous games. The entire game really does feel like Final Fantasy 2, like a new take on Final Fantasy 2, right? Where you have this, these towers, these floating fortresses. Uh, the Empire in Final Fantasy 2 was, you know, they had these big... They had like the what is it the the tornado, right? That inside of the tornado was the um, this huge tower, which was um, the battleship of the empire, or whatever. Like it's uh, some some recurring themes. It's also interesting how they're mixing fantasy with like steampunk. It's you know you have tanks and airships in a fantasy world. You do not have guns. That's an interesting thing to mention. There are no guns in this game they have cannons which is interesting so they have cannons but not handguns and uh yeah i think that's it for this episode uh, the, it was it was a lot of story it was a, a lot of stuff to grok through i'm excited to see where it takes us next and you know my commentary on this game has essentially become hey why doesn't this look as good as psp or you know uh hey this is how it reminds me of final fantasy one two three so I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow me on Twitter on twitter.com slash yaffpodcast. That's Y-A-F-F -F podcast. And until next time, you know, I hope you listen or I hope you subscribe. I hope you like to like or leave a review or anything like that. I would really appreciate that. And yeah, see you all next time.